Welcome back to Spiraling Season 2. Hello. Uh, I was just telling Katie before we started recording, I just got like a wave of anxiety and now I'm all sweaty. So hopefully, hopefully this will actually be a very calming exercise. But well, first, first episode where... Um, we are lots of things that are happening first yes, in this episode. So we are not in person, not in our normal recording studio. We are not. For, so we apologize if the sound quality isn't great, but you know, Corona times, here yeah, we are. Yep, here we are. Um, so for maybe obvious reasons, we are. I am in LA and Serena is in Maine. <laughs> we are literally the furthest we could possibly be. Oh yeah, me. with still being in the same country. Yes, That's, crazy. Oh yeah, that is really crazy. We were supposed to record season two, which is really <laughs> exciting, and we're really excited about this season. We're going to have guests this season. Yes, and we actually recorded an episode, or do we record two episodes that we haven't we, released yet? I think we were, mm, I think only one. Only one. We did a. One a really fun Q&A episode. And if you've been listening, not a, not a Q&A episode, but a Q... What do we call that? Like rapid fire. Rapid like fire. The same as the first episode of the first season of Spiraling, which was like a rapid fire Q&A for Katie and I, not listener questions to help you get to know us better. Exactly. And we doing them. Exactly. If you've been listening since the beginning, you remember our season opener where you got to know us and people really liked that episode. And it, this was, you know, a simpler time. This was before Christmas. <laughs> this was when I still lived in New York. I still had a home. We were in the same city. A lot was different then. A lot was different. And we thought we would do a fun, light episode to kick off season two, which we were planning on recording and releasing well, a little bit later. <laughs> Actually, a little bit later. We were going to do it more in April. We were going to record we it now. And then we were going to yes. not release any of these episodes till April. And we were like, that'll still be relevant. It'll be totally fine to put this light episode out then. None of it was really timely. And we were just going to save it and put it out. But here we are in a time where that doesn't really seem relevant. And all we want to talk about is our anxiety of this current situation. So... Serena was in LA. We were planning on recording. We have a couple of interviews scheduled and you had to, you can tell this part of this Serena, but Serena had to fly back to the East coast. And I thought about leaving LA, but I'm staying here. And we got on the phone yesterday and it was honestly the most comforting thing to, and we've talked on the phone and been checking in with each other a lot, but it was so comforting to see you yesterday for me. It was very good. The video of Katie froze like two oh, yeah. minutes in. <laughs> well, I saw so you I got moving. To, you saw I was, me frozen. I was very comforted to look at your face oh, and God. for an hour. It <laughs> made me the happiest. And I think what's, what's crazy is we were supposed to be in person together for a big chunk of time this week. And I went flew out to LA last Wednesday, which was before morning and then all of the big news sort of the first giant wave wave of 
what do we want to call that? Just like information, <laughs> information, Corona apocalypse hit like Wednesday evening. And so I sort of landed in LA to all of this new information and was like, Oh my God, like I should never have come here. And you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I like really beat myself up about it as we are want to do in this anxious yeah. family. <laughs> um, and then I was sort of, I had all these obligations that hadn't canceled yet like these TV segments and stuff that I felt like I couldn't just not do since I was there. And luckily I, you know, realized pretty quickly how severe all of this was and, you know, canceled what I could and flew to Maine on Friday to meet Logan. And we are now here for the foreseeable future. But I had all this, like, I just felt so guilty on so many levels and not for myself. Like I have, how do we articulate this? I mostly was just afraid that a, I didn't want to be promoting any unsafe behaviors. I'm always hyper aware that like people are watching and I felt guilty because I didn't feel like it was safe for me to be flying. Not for my personal safety. It's just, I'm so hyper-conscious of, you know, not infecting anyone else. Right. You know what I mean? Which Um, I think this is a perfect time for us to we're going to switch it up. Usually we do a disclaimer yes. at the end, but this is a time <laughs> where we need the disclaimer right up front. And that's the fact that like, look, we were so wanting to do this episode, but both of us were so nervous. I haven't really said anything about much of anything as of today on social media or on any of my other platforms because I haven't really known exactly what to say. But we wanted to talk here together because this is a mental health podcast. It really feels like the place where we can unpack this together. And I've been so hyper-conscious of not wanting to offend anyone and wanting to do the right thing. And then really aware of the fact, I think where I'm feeling the most spirally lately is the fact that I don't want... I, it t- I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time <laughs> to understand what was happening. And I think I'm not alone in that. I think... You are not. The situation changes so quickly. And I did have a lot of people who I looked at as alarmist and I looked at as overreacting. And that was judgmental on my part. But also, to be fair, the media does sensationalize things quite a bit and it's kind it can kind of feel like the girl who cried wolf and so i think being gentle with ourselves around that fact and knowing that if you are like me and feeling shame and embarrassed about how it took you a while to fully understand this situation i don't know i think we're okay and we need to be gentle with ourselves and just start now you know and start now to yeah, understand I think- the severity of it I feel like you will know this exact quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, wasn't it Oprah who says, when you know better, do better, you know better, do better. Maya Angelou. (laughs) It's Maya Angelou. Oprah quotes her. So basically, (laughs) so basically, thank God. No, but I think what Katie and I want to also disclaim upfront is we we're afraid to record this because we're so hyper aware of the many ways in which we are privileged. We have a safe place to stay. We can afford food. We're not, you know, immediately at risk. We're not working in the healthcare system. We're not pregnant. Um, we're not pre- Yeah. And compromised. 
Yes, exactly. And we just didn't want to, I don't know, it felt selfish to be like, wow, this time is really, really fucking up my anxiety. And, you know, I think sometimes we have guilt attached to our anxiety in general. And I feel like it's something that I feel like I've gotten such a handle on over the years and have released so much of the guilt and shame that I felt initially when I first became anxious. And I think we always are encouraging people to release themselves from that guilt and shame, but it can hit you like a wave out of nowhere, no matter how well you've managed it in the past. And I think it's a good reminder that like anxiety is a bitch and it's so unpredictable and things that you think you have a handle on, you may not always have a handle on them and you have to really shift and adjust. So we just felt really strongly that through talking to each other, that the way that we were, we've been feeling the past, you know, week plus, which is honestly sort of intensifying day by day. We are obviously not the only people feeling this way. Everybody is struggling, but this is, like Katie said, a mental health podcast. We created it to help people feel less alone, to be useful in any way, shape, or form, to help people be able to better communicate their anxiety to themselves and to others. And so we thought this was a really important thing to do. We hope to do right by you. If we say something wrong, please forgive us. We're, we're really going to try mm. to do our best. If there's anybody listening to that's listening because they are dealing with you know, a loved one who is really having a rough time right now, we also want to provide you know, sort of our perspectives and possibly some information for you to be better able to understand the anxious person in your life and possibly how you might be able to support them right now. I know that Logan's been doing a really amazing job supporting me the past few days and I'm so grateful. And I I think that that's something that we are going to touch on later in the episode as well. Yeah, I think this is an an up top disclaimer and an up top, I'm sorry if we're doing something (laughs) wrong because we're all trying to figure this out and I don't know the right thing to say. And I, you know, I, I want to talk just so people, let's give them the rundown of this episode. Yes. It's going to be much different than your normal episodes. We do not have a topic other than the, <laughs> the topic at hand and that which is collective disarray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what we usually do if you're new here would be, this would be a strange episode to start on. Maybe, maybe go back or, or welcome, stay here and then go back. Um, what we usually do on the show is we both give our spirals for the week, what we're spiraling about, and then we chat about a topic, and then we end with a segment called High Higher Highest, which is a game that Logan made up, I think. I always credit him with that. I'm pretty it's sure that's friends, right. But let's just give Logan credit. Okay, great. Extra credit. <laughs> um, anyway, so I just wanted to like tell you guys that's this is what we're doing. We're going to be spiraling about this and kind of talking about our experience with it because that is all we have to share. And that is the only thing that we are qualified to share it because we are not therapists or mental health professionals of any sort, as we always say. <laughs> However, we're all on this, we're all working through the same thing. And I think the thing that I'm feeling the most 
collective piece with is that this is new for everyone. And we're th- yes. this week, the week that this is coming out, the week that we're recording this, we're all really warming up to this and just on like the reality of the situation. I just said to Serena that I was walking down the street on the phone saying to someone out loud, well, you know, if they shut down domestic travel, then pop, 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 pop. and I was like, I feel like I am Will Smith in like a Men in Black movie or like the <laughs> kind of things that I was saying that were so intense and that were so like, I can't believe that was coming out of my mouth and that's just true. And like, that's not alarmist at all. That's like, might happen. Like, these are things that are just blowing my mind and the collective, the fact that we're all in this together and there's so much uncertainty that brings me peace in a way. And jumping on the phone with you yesterday, Serena, when when I sat down and like going off what you were saying about guilt and uncertainty and not knowing how to speak about our particular situations publicly because of comparison with that, I sat down and, and you were like, how are you? Like, how are you doing? Like, and I was like, yeah, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best. I think everyone has these really hard situations and, you know, I'm healthy. And you're like, uh, dude, you have it rough. Like you can say yes. like you're and in like, an intense situation. I think what's crazy is there are always currently and in, in life in general, there are is always somebody who is in a worse position and and a you know a quote unquote better position however i do believe the grass is always greener but there is always going to be you can always come up with 10 examples when you think of anything bad that happens in your life where there are 10 examples of people who have it worse and i think trying not to feel our feelings in a time like this is so counterintuitive. I think, you know, in general, it is so important to just feel our feelings and let them, we talk about this all the time, let them out. What we resist persists. If we just allow ourselves to feel sad or angry or frustrated, it will make us feel better. And sometimes we just need a good cry. And regardless, I, this is like what actually breaks um, my heart. Yeah. Like Katie, to me, even in our dynamic, I like feel guilty saying anything because Katie is alone in isolation and I have Logan. So I feel like I can't like say that I'm struggling because I'm like, well, obviously like I like, yes, like this is hard for me, but it's harder for Katie because she has anxiety and she doesn't have Logan with her. <laughs> so like, you know, and she I doesn't think, know how to cook. <laughs> and, yes. I'm not, but like, I just think it's not necessarily helpful for any of us to, I think we have to be obviously aware of our privilege, but like when you're talking to your friends or your family, it's okay to express that you are scared or frustrated or sad or feeling like you're going crazy or your anxiety is off the chain right now. Yes. (laughs) This is, as we like to say in this family, this is a let it out production. (laughs) This is... This is part of the Let It Out family, which is all about this exact thing. You know, this is this is my whole shtick, you know, of what I what I talk about on Let It Out and what I talk about in my book with journaling and with therapy and with what I do with my other podcast, you know, it's it's essentially this. It's I believe that what we hold in hurts us and if we don't let it out, it festers and it creates resentment and it creates sadness and disease and it's it's poison for us, you know? So I really think that sharing 
our experience in creative work is important, in our relationships is important. And if we don't, that is not benign. Like that actually hurts us. And it's complicated right now. And I get that. It's really complicated for me. But like this post I'm sitting on that I'm going to like post probably after this, like I have to do it, not because it is going to be useful for other people, which I hope it is, but also because it is useful for me to be able to share my experience, to feel less alone, to connect, to be part of the world. And I think that is important. And it's, yeah, it's, it's complicated right now, but it needs to be, it needs to be done. And getting on the phone with you yesterday, when you said that you were like, you can, you can do it. You can let it out. I was like, I felt like this exhale where I could just be like, yeah, this is really tough and I'm really scared and I don't know what to do. And and maybe I should update people on my situation. Yes. Um, this is important. <laughs> where we left people last season, I yes. was living in New York. I moved out of my apartment and my plan was to spend most of 2020 traveling and being nomadic. Weird year to do that. <laughs> I hadn't left the country for like nearly a decade before last year and last year in my what Serena affectionately referred to as my cocoon year <laughs> I bizarrely went to Paris on a whim very quickly in February right after the breakup that we talked about a lot last year <laughs> um, and after that I was kind of like oh this is amazing I want to keep doing this and I'm lucky that I can with my work right now and so I spent a month in Europe traveling. And then after that, I came back to New York and I was like, oh, I, I think I'm addicted. Like, I want to keep doing this for sure. <laughs> so I was in a short-term living situation where I was subleasing somewhere in New York for all of the fall because I loved the fall in New York and had work things in the city. And then I was like, I'll miss a winter. This will be great. So I moved my stuff back into my best friend's place around the corner in Greenpoint where I was living. And then I spent January in Bali, February in Australia, which lately when I'm like talking to people about like, oh, where were you? Like I find myself not wanting to say those things out loud yeah. because I was in an Asian country for a month and then I was in Australia. And like Australia feels like a place where like because you know Tom and Rita are most cherished celebrity, <laughs> our most cherished and beloved celebrities. Um, oh, of course, Tom, did you see the Whitney Cummings her. thing where she was like, "Yeah, of course it got our <laughs> most beloved celebrity, seriously, universally beloved." And anyway, be, I think because of that, people are like <gasps> Australia, <gasps> Bali, and so I'm like, I don't even want to say that out loud. So I just feel like I'm constantly, you know. But it, what you, as Lacey Phillips says, what you don't own owns you. So I'm, yes. I really am telling everyone where I was. And it's, <laughs> they'll, they're just gonna have to. Understand and Katie's or not. currently in isolation. So yeah, I'm in isolation. I feel great. It's also been the 14 days yes. since I have been back. So and I don't yeah. have any symptoms. If anyone is concerned, I've been afraid. I've been so. I've had to like re-record Insta stories a couple of times today. One just because like some spit went down the wrong way and I choked on it and uh -huh. I was dry coughing and I didn't want people to think that I was. I know coronavirus and I don't want anyone to worry or to like cause panic you know it's I just, know I know whenever I'm blowing my nose just because of like something I, spicy I'm afraid <laughs> that people are going to be upset with me or like so it was a really interesting vibe so I got back to LA on March 
4th or something like that. And I was meant to be here for a month in one place where I'm staying right now. And I'm in sort of uh, the holiday. If you've seen that movie with Cameron Diaz and Jack Black, I'm in like yes, a version of the holiday. But my friend who I'm, I'm taking her room, she has an apartment in Mexico City. And actually not, not my friend. Friend now, we have bonded over this, but I've never <laughs> met this person. This is a person who, someone who did my podcast, a friend of mine, this is a friend of hers. So this is like a friend of a friend. But we are sending these voice texts back and forth now. And she's just kind of like, I'm kind of stuck here. You're kind of stuck there. This is the apocalyptic version of the holiday. And it is very bizarre. It's also in my like apocalyptic version of Eat, Pray, Love that I'm in. Of like, this was not what I was expecting of, you know, being able to travel. And I, w- I was meant to extend my trip. As we're recording this, I was meant to be in Mexico today. And it's a lot of just having to be really present and a lot of having to just surrender to the fact of like, none of this is in my control. This is a, this was a year that I thought last year traveling was so easy and great. And I'm like, Oh, I can keep doing that. This is amazing. This is great. Like it's such a fortunate position where I can work from anywhere. But unfortunately I didn't budget for the amount of flights that I had to change. And I was meant to go back to Bali for a bit of time and like lost so much money on having to change that trip and having to just be flexible with not knowing what's going to happen and what's safe. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I was really enjoying that. And it, it's also made me so grateful for travel and so grateful that I've been able to see the world and fly on airplanes and do it so safely and have people all over the world. And And it's making me sad to think about now that that's the reality of the situation is like, I don't know when I'll be able to travel again or how travel will be in the future. We just, we, there's so much unknown here. And, you know, the other major, major thing that this is bringing up, which is another point we wanted to talk about is, you know, it's making me so grateful for humanity and the connections that I have with people from all over the world. And so grateful for technology that I'm allowed to reach them in so many different ways. The fact that Serena and I are still able to do this, even though we can't be in person, I can't imagine a situation like this without technology. Oh my God. It's it's actually been kind of amazing that it has really forced me to carve out time to reach out to the people that I need to that I I want to talk to and make sure that they're okay and whatever. Sometimes it's it's like created a, a sense of urgency in a good way we're finally all using our phones for things other than just like texting and scrolling Instagram, which is miraculous. I'm having virtual cocktail hour at seven with my college friends, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, I think there are ways to feel connected, but I also think that the human connection element is something that so many people rely on as an anxiety coping mechanism. You know, I think it's something that we, yes, physical touch is so important for so many people, you know, for, for those of you like me who, when you're really panicking, you don't like to be touched. I feel you. But in, in general, when I'm not having a panic attack, I love to be touched. I'm such a touchy feely person. Also, I'm, I'm just a quality time person. It helps me on a daily basis to be meeting with people in person, seeing friends, you know, the getting out of the house and putting on clothes and yes. Yeah. Being amongst the people is just important for our energy. 
And I think, yes, we have a a virtual substitute, but it's not a replacement. It's just not the same. And I just want to acknowledge that because I, I don't want to just brush this under the rug by being like, FaceTime your friends. Like, you, yes, you should. Yeah, it's not the same. FaceTime your friends, but it's not the same. And I think just acknowledging that some of these things are A, a bummer, and B, going to increase anxiety is a good thing because acknowledging triggers makes them easier to manage. It's the same way, you know, I always talk about self-talk and sort of talking yourself off the ledge. And I think sometimes literally being able to articulate exactly what the things are that are primarily triggering you in any situation is so helpful. And it's really hard to do. It's mm-hmm. a little bit easier for me right now, I've found, because usually when I'm at home, I, I also often have triggerless anxiety. So I'm just, I'll be walking to the grocery store you know, and start to feel really anxious and try to figure out what's going on and be unable to pinpoint it. This past week, I've actually been pretty clear on what my triggers are. And that has actually helped me keep things in check. I have had very bad, my anxiety has been very bad this week, but I have not had any full-blown panic attacks. And it's still just been mostly generalized, which I'm grateful for. It's all a scale. (laughs) I would rather this than be having panic attacks every day. But I think that's largely because I've been able to go through. So for me right now, my main triggers are lack of human connection and I have Logan. So that's why I'm very worried, honestly, everyone about Katie and about everybody else out there that is in isolation completely alone. The fear element, I don't know. I'm going to put this in the same category as uncertainty. The things, uncertainty in general, my exact, my Anxiety loves uncertainty. We've discussed this at length in season one, but like uncertainty is the biggest, worst trigger for my anxiety because it allows that when I have free floating brain space, the what ifs can quickly spiral and become completely overwhelming. So now there are just countless what ifs. Like, what if my parents, both of whom are high risk and have underlying conditions, contract this virus? What if the stock market doesn't recover? What if the number of you know, deaths skyrockets? What if we are stuck in this you know, isolation for months on end? There are endless what ifs here, and I'm not trying to make anyone listening have a full-blown panic attack right now, but... Well, that's a good point. Like the more you listen to it, the more you're like, you're you're just giving an example, but the more we're listening to the news, the more we're listening to this stuff, it's adding, it's kindling the fire of our anxiety. Yes. 1000%. I don't know how anybody who has anxiety is not feeling triggered recently. For me, I feel insanely lucky that illness is not a trigger for me in the sense that I don't have any hypochondria. I'm not Usually I'm the person touching the, you know, subway poles and banisters and whatever, and then like eating afterwards. You know, I'm just Same. not. Yeah. I'm so I mean, shit, we shouldn't say that right I now because no one's going to ever want to hang out with us ever again. <laughs> I am well, so clean and hyper aware right now. Everyone, please still be my I friend know, because I might too. die if I have to be alone forever. <laughs> my hands are literally falling off to prove it. But also like if anybody needs a hand cream wreck, I'm sure everyone does. You soon, <laughs> like deep repair is an excellent choice. Anyways. Not sponsored, but hit <laughs> us up. List your list um, 
Userin. Userin. Listerine. Listerine. A lot of people are in close quarters. We are going a little stir crazy. That's true. That's true. So the uncertainty for me, it's not about me getting the virus. And now I feel a little bit better because obviously my fear surrounding me getting the virus is that I would spread it to somebody else who is high risk, you know, or I would just be a vector for the spread, which we're all trying to contain right now. So I do feel better being like, if I'm going to get develop this from, you know, my travel last week, I'm going to get it and I'm going to be in isolation and then I'm going to continue to quarantine for, you know, however long is necessary to be safe and reenter the world. But like, it's really just the uncertainty and the lack of connection. And then also, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that like we do part of our jobs is social media. Mm-hmm. And I have had just so much crippling anxiety the past week about saying and doing the right thing. And all I ever want is to be useful. So it's actually been a great time for me because I'm like, my skill set's really coming in clutch, working from home and cooking and like everybody's working from home and having to cook for themselves right now. So it's been very calming for me to be useful. But at the same time, I obviously always want to do right by my community as do you. You're like such a connector and such a supporter of people and the fear of a letting people down the people pleaser in me hates that or saying the wrong thing or promoting any sort of unsafe behavior or hurting someone's feelings or failing to acknowledge you know my privilege in any way shape or form is just sometimes crippling like sometimes i like go to do something work related i'm like oh i just i can't, I can't do it and right. i completely shut down. And Katie and I talked about this at length last week. And it was like, I was starting to get... And I I love Instagram stories. I love my community on Instagram. And like the concept that I was like starting to break out in a full sweat, like opening the app at one point next week was just something I had never experienced before. And I think I'm going to have to be really careful with that as well about limiting my usage of social media at times when I feel my anxiety is peaking. Do you feel like social media is calming or triggering your anxiety right now? A little bit of both. I mean, I, I want to go back a little bit about my situation with, with all of this as well of like when, when we spoke last week and you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm flying back. Like I, I'm not going to be here. We're, we're not going to record in person. And I I said to you, you know, you were like, how are you doing? And I was like, honestly, I'm not really anxious. I'm super depressed. Like I'm just really sad. And I was really low. And I was also really jet lagged. So I was staying up really late and waking up really late. And I hadn't seen another person. And this was before the quarantine really Mm -hmm. took hold at all. But I I just hadn't, I didn't put anything on my calendar the week before quarantine because I knew I was going to be jet lagged and out of it. And I'm in a new city where I don't really know people and I'm in a different time zone, even though it's slight comparatively to where I was, it's still can be a bit hard to connect, especially if I'm waking up so late and staying up so late. And so I was already kind of in my version of quarantine, which was like fine for those weeks. Cause I was like, all right, I'm going to get, I had a bunch of hangs planned this week. I was meant to go to Mexico with friends for <laughs> my 30th birthday tomorrow. I was going to be with you all day today. Like 
all this stuff was going to be happening. So I was like, you know, really kind of preparing for that, getting caught up from being gone on a trip. And it was also very jarring because I had been with people while I was with, in Australia nonstop. I was around friends, old friends, new friends, mostly friends I've known for a really long time from college, friends I've known for like a decade. So I was in this really cozy bubble. And then suddenly I was back in LA, a city that is not mine, alone. And then all of this started to happen like a week after that. So I had already spent a lot of time alone. And like you said, Serena, coping mechanism of being around people is like super me. Like you and our mutual friend Phoebe and a couple of our other friends like kind of make fun of me in the sense of like, <laughs> Katie is always down. Katie's just like running around New York with your, like Phoebe said this thing to me the other day. She's like, you know, you're just like kind of always running around with your backpack. And like when I moved to New York, I was so new and down for anything that you and her and like a bunch of our friends would just kind of invite me to anything and I would always go. Like I yeah. always <laughs> went to everything. And I... It's you one know, of Katie's I, best qualities, if we're being honest. Like, I yeah, love it so oh, thank much. thank you. Um, <laughs> burns me out. It makes me feel overwhelmed and like a little sleepy all the time and reala- realizing that like, I'm not sure if it's like the best for my mental wellness, but you know, that's what this is really confronting. You know, this whole experience is really confronting the fact that like one of my main coping mechanisms, yes, for anxiety, but also a distraction from feeling my feelings, a distraction from being with myself and doing a lot of the integration and self-work, self-reflection that is required to actually take the things that I read about in self-help books or listen to on podcasts or write about in my journal or learn through therapy or hypnosis or like any of these plethora of things that I've tried. And as we all know in this family, I've tried all of them. However, it's the like sitting with yourself and just like doing the actual work that is where growth happens. And if you're running around New York City or traveling the world or all of the above, in my case, there's not much integration happening. And this is really confronting that. This is like, okay, do the work, sit down, make the art. And that's another thing I said to Serena when you were saying about how you feel like you have a skill set that really suits this time of how you can serve people. I feel the same where, you know, mine is definitely not cooking and working from home, but mine is using something hard and creativity and letting it out. You know, journaling is like, this is a prime time for journaling. This is a prime time (laughs) to make a podcast or make a piece of creative art. There's friends of mine who started this web show podcast last week that like already has eight episodes. They're doing it every day. It's called love in the time of Corona or love in the time of whatever (laughs) this is. Genius. Genius. And I think there's, I'm already so curious about all of the art that's going to come out of this period. And I think there's something beautiful about that. I think it will be really beautiful to see how people are coming together. And, but at the same time, you know, once I, I stopped feeling so depressed, I started to this weekend before everyone was really in quarantine, I, I a friend asked me if I could meet her for coffee at 8 a.m. And I was I wanted to say no so bad because I hadn't been up before 10 because I was still yeah. basically on Sydney time. But I was like, yes, I will meet you at that time to force myself out of bed. And then every day after that, I've just kept up that ritual. And mm-hmm. I saw some people and that, that started to bring me back to life. I talked to you. Honestly, just acts of kindness from our friends. Like I, I am in this really... I'm in a I'm I maybe would have been depressed right now anyway after coming back from this trip and and my life being in in such flux that 
this is going to sound crazy and it's a thought I'm just having right now. So please bear with me. (laughs) But I feel like there's something comforting to me about the collective uncertainty because my life was also just happened to be so uncertain in this moment anyway, that this is just adding to it and everyone's kind of in the same boat too. So I don't feel the contrast of like, everyone in my life has their shit together and I'm I'm floundering. Like I kind of feel like everything's uncertain for everyone. So it makes me feel slightly less alone. But I think things are more uncertain for me because this happened to fall in a time where I'm between homes, where I'm between cities, where I'm deciding where I want to live, where I want to be based. I am quarantining in someone else's room. My work is in flux. I'm about to launch a lot of new things and changing a lot of new things. And I really want to talk about creativity. I want to talk about being a creative underdog and being a life artist and being someone who does a lot of things and is crafting a life and really wanting to be a creative person and financially support themselves, you know, whether it's on top of a full-time job or in replace of in place of that. And I'm just tr- wrestling with these things. And I think the whole world is, and I think I'm going to have to pivot and I'm going to have to change some things. I mean, when Serena, you were talking about social media being part of your work, it is for me as well, but also helping other people start podcasts is yeah. my main way of making money right now or, or yeah, basically. And I have this course that you guys know about where I help other people start podcasts and I'm in the middle of the launch for that and nobody cares. <laughs> and that's what I was kind of banking on working yeah. because it's worked every other time. And that's really fearful of like, I was counting on that money and it's not coming because everyone is afraid to spend money right now, which I totally understand. But I'm also kind of like, should I keep trying? Should I keep talking about it? Should I keep letting people know it's available? That doesn't feel right. But also, I don't know. It's just a big question mark. So many things. First of all, I just want to say I'm really proud of you. I think you're doing amazing work. I think that you are a life artist. I think you encourage other people to pursue their creative passions, which is a gift that is very rare. You encourage people to, A, just like take risks in big ways. Like I think creating a, a new podcast is is a big risk. But I also I'm I totally understand nobody spending money right now. And I'm just wondering how all of this is going to play out across many different realms. Because I wonder if people... like I'm really intrigued to see if a bunch of super low quality in a traditional sense, like super low production value podcasts, videos, like all of these things, are, there's just going to be like a giant burst in creativity on a less perfectionist scale. Does that make sense? I hope so. I mean, I hope it just encourages people to share how they're feeling and share how they're dealing with this, whether they're writers, whether they're people who make videos, whether they're creators in any way, way, social media. Like, I hope that this, I think art comes from these sorts of times. And this is so uncharted. Like, we've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. No. And I think that, like, the crazy thing is, like you said, journaling can be so helpful for people right now. If you are anxious and you haven't tried journaling, like that could be something that could potentially be a game changer for you. Like it has been for Katie. I think that I, I just, I want to, I think you're going to make a lot of people feel seen by just admitting that your 
career and income streams are very compromised right now. And that is terrifying. And mine are as well, but I have the privilege of, as we we've talked about in the past is like, I have the marriage safety net right now. And it doesn't make me feel less anxious about my career as a whole, but like, I don't have the same financial fear because I, I know that I will be able to have help from Logan, but I too am in a very uncertain phase. Like the book is done. Thank God the tour is over, you know, book tour obviously would never have happened. And there's so many people coming out with books right now that are yeah, very compromised positions. And I was planning on pivoting to doing a lot of other ticketed events this spring and trying to do some brand building and partnerships. And like, I'm not going to do like partnerships right now. You know, again, nobody's spending money. A lot of small businesses and brand partnerships are if you sort of ground to a halt unexpectedly and those people are really hurting and they don't have you know free money to be spent and obviously i'm not going to be hosting any of the events right. that were planned for the next several months and that's just the reality so i think like our goal on the podcast to always be to make people feel less alone we wanted to share that our careers and you know finances are unstable right now. We are 1000% acknowledging our privilege and that we have homes and food and are very safe. But if you are feeling really uncertain about career choice, what's happening in your career right now, this is just widespread. I think everybody is experiencing this some yeah. much more intensely than others, but like in, in literally every career, every person I've talked to, has expressed yeah. this. And something that um, you mentioned about your book tour, like, can you imagine, Serena, if you had planned that and all the months it took you to plan that and then this happened, like in the midst of that? I just really want to talk about celebration and people yes. who have a book coming out or have planned a wedding or have just had a baby or I know so many people who are pregnant right now. So many people are really close to me are pregnant and that feels super scary because they have to be anyone just getting normal sick, like getting sick that you would need. Like if I got a kidney stone right now, which I'm susceptible to, like it'd be a bummer time to have to go to the ER, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's making me think like, Oh God, I need to. You don't, you don't have it. Yeah. I need to <laughs> really not get a kidney stone. But anyway, like it's all of those things with, celebration that celebration is such an integral part of our life public togetherness celebrating concerts and you know what what i was saying earlier with like using togetherness and running around new york as a coping mechanism to be with other people yes i use it as a coping mechanism but there's also part of me that really does believe and rely on the human connection to knock me out of my own head. You know, the only thing that has helped me to be able to help my anxiety is sometimes when my, my spirals are so bad are to help another human being. Yes. And to connect with another person, preferably in person, which isn't available right now. But I think let's talk a little bit about like what people can do to help other people right now and to help themselves. And you know, for me, one of those things is reaching out to 
everyone you know. Because right yes. now, I am someone who is single. I, you were like, both of us have homes. And I was like, one of us does. I'm, <laughs> I'm currently fancy see, homeless. <laughs> see, I knew. Um, <laughs> I was going to put my foot in my mouth somewhere. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, I do have a home. I'm like making a joke. I don't have a permanent home. But my, <laughs> my point... You no, know you're not allowed to make jokes right now. We're going to send each other into spirals. <laughs> oh, God, I know. I know. But, but my point is that like it's interesting that I'm someone who's alone. I'm in a different place. And people reaching out to me, like Serena sending me a text last week, just being like, hey, are you okay? Like... That meant so much to me. Our friend Phoebe sent me a gift card to a cafe down the street. She asked me for the address of where I'm staying and I didn't know why. And I was like, oh my God, she's probably like, is she sending a helicopter? <laughs> like I had no idea. And I kind of forgot about it because everything was like so intense. And I was like talking to Serena. I was doing this and I was doing that. I was like, Phoebe, I don't know. She needs to like know my location. Like I didn't even like question it. And then like hours later, I had a hundred dollar gift card to a restaurant. And I was just like, this is connection. This is friendship. This And it, it meant so much to me. Like you would have thought that Phoebe just like organized a, a vaccine for Corona. Like I was so <laughs> excited by this that I thought that like I had won the lottery. It meant so much to me. Honestly, I was fully bawling like, and just not even that was such a beautiful gift, but just the check-in texts of people just waking up to text messages from friends because people might be like me and not have a Rita to their Tom Hanks in quarantine. I really like that reference. (laughs) Thank you. Or people who are actually in couples, check on all of them. Check on your couple friends. Check on your single friends. Check on your old friends. Check on your new friends. Check on your young friends. Check on your pregnant friends. Like you don't know how people are handling this. And you know, right now in this moment, I feel pretty good. Like I had a yeah. coffee earlier, so I am like on it. I am talking to Serena, who I love. <laughs> I am safe. I am warm. But you know what? Earlier I was sobbing. And later, I might be feeling weird too. I don't know. And so I think it's just like you you don't know how just a simple text message or so many people also, this is another thing that's been really new and, and interesting about this time for me. So many people have been, like you were saying, not just texting, like picking up the phone and calling. And calling, and, yeah. And that's been really cool because usually we only do that if there's like a big emergency um, or you're like trying, oh, like I'm here. Hey, can you let me in? Or like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really comforting. And I'm answering the phone and usually I would ignore it. You know what I mean? I know. And there are people who are calling me that I haven't heard from in a long time. And, and I'm just being really present. Like someone, someone called me earlier and instead of being like, oh no, I've got all this stuff to do. I was like, no, I don't. I can stop and I can have this conversation and I can go on a walk and I can, you know, so put in your headphones, go on a walk, do what you got to do. Because I think getting off of your own schedule and your own rigidity can be jarring and can put a mirror up into your face of facing yourself. But it also, I think this new, this new presence that this is allowing is really healthy. And I think in this family, we love a good reframe. Serena taught me to love a reframe. And what I want to, what you keep saying about presence is anxiety. It lives in the past and in the future. And so if you're able to live in the present, you are going to have your anxiety and under control in such a beautiful way. It's just so much easier said than done. But I think that it's amazing. And it's sort of going to force us to live in the present 
in the sense that us spiraling about all of the things that are currently uncertain is not going to make the future magically reveal itself. (laughs) So it is a fruitless exercise that will only exacerbate our anxiety. So just taking it day by day. And I know that a lot of us are off our traditional routines. I'm super lucky in that I already work from home. So my routine has been disrupted only in the like lack of in-person meetings and and social obligations um, and like, you know, going outside, obviously. But like the bulk of my day actually remains much more the same than other people's whose routines have been hugely disrupted. But whatever semblance of routine you can maintain right now from your normal life is beautiful and wonderful. And I would highly recommend leaning into that. So like get up at the same time that you would get up if you were actually going to your office. And if you traditionally go to a workout class and then pick up coffee and breakfast, maybe you know do an online workout and then make your coffee and breakfast and then sit down to do work at whatever time you would traditionally be in an office. But also like allow yourself a little bit of flexibility. If you're feeling off, don't beat yourself up about it. I think working every single one of our management tools is essential right now. And like, they may fail us, but we got to try. If you happen to be new here, we have an episode in season one that just focuses on tools. But like, I've been mainlining CBD, bless Melissa Wood Health for keeping me sane with my daily workouts. I've also been doing my best to maintain some semblance of a sleep schedule. I know for me, anxiety like really makes it tough for me to sleep. And the more tired I get, the more anxious I get. It's a vicious cycle. So just paying attention to those little things and making sure that you're doing the most basic things like eating and hydrating. I think as, as we've discussed in the yeah. past, everybody has different responses to stress. And sometimes when I'm feeling very stressed or anxious, I sometimes lose my appetite. So I have to be mindful of that. And I always forget to drink water for some reason when I'm anxious, which is when I tend to be dehydrated. But I also want to mention one quick thing that we haven't necessarily touched on, which is anxiety can manifest itself in many different ways. And I think a lot of people who have not experienced anxiety before are now experiencing it. Mm -hmm. I think this time has triggered either (laughs) latent anxiety in some people, or it's just been so overwhelming that people are now newly experiencing anxiety and may not be able to recognize it as that, which is so scary. That's the scariest part about anxiety is if you're not familiar with it, the symptoms can be terrifying. I mean, you could A, have a panic attack, but you could be have random chest pains or pains in your arms or trouble breathing or be sweaty or feel like you're going to throw up. Some people actually faint. You know, all of these things that you may not necessarily be able to identify as anxiety could be popping up right now. I've developed a fun new symptom. Oh, great. <laughs> I like last week and I want to, I'm like scared to say this because I feel like people are going to be like, you have coronavirus, but I've had it now for like 10 days and it's off and on, which is now why I've been able to identify it as anxiety. But typically I do have experienced anxiety in my chest, but it typically feels like there's something, a weight on my chest, like somebody's sitting on it. That's how I experience it. 
But recently I've been feeling like I can't necessarily get a good deep breath. Like my lung capacity has like shrunk in some way, if that makes sense. And that it's different than the weighted feeling. It's almost like I can't get the air in. It's very difficult to explain. It's ridiculous. But I at first was like, oh, I have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is it. And I you are talked with to, I, I was with Corona. And I talked to Logan about it. And Logan also works in the healthcare industry. So he, he like has a lot more information than I do. But I was explaining it to him and was like, there is a 99% chance that this is my anxiety. But like, what if it is coronavirus? He's like, okay, like we're already in isolation. So that's a good thing. We can monitor this. He was like, when was the first time you felt this? And I was like, last Sunday night. And he's like, okay, so it's been eight days which is a much longer period than one typically experiences coronavirus symptoms. But he was like, have you had it every single day? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, it's very unlikely that you would have coronavirus on certain days and not on others. (laughs) But like, he was very patient about it. And I have the past two days experienced it sort of pretty intensely before bed at night. And now I'm positive it's anxiety at this point, but it's a symptom that I've never felt before. And because I've had anxiety for so long, it was really hard to wrap my head around a fun new symptom. You know, it it was hard with all my usual symptoms. I'm like, Oh, this is anxiety. You will be fine. This will pass. You've experienced this before. You're fine. It's that same self-talk where I can get myself back to zero just by recognizing the anxiety and then working back from there. With this, I was like, what is it? Am I dying? What's happening? (laughs) And and it just was a good gut check that like, no matter how long you're in the anxiety game, you could always get a curveball. Yeah. And I think this is a really good time to bring up the fact that like, this is uncharted territory for all of us. Like yeah. we've never experienced something like this before. And I want to pick up on a couple of things that you were saying about keeping to a routine. Another thing I'll offer there is that there are so many people having to homeschool right now. Oh my and God. One of my best friends who is listening right now, Carolina, hi, has two sons who I call my brothers. (laughs) And she is like a pioneer woman right now, like having to homeschool them, also make all the food and take care of them and be their mom and their teacher and do her own work. And she gave this really good, uh, she gave me several good ideas of what she's doing with them that I think are great for all of us. And one is that she was commuting to school. They were doing their, they were sticking to a routine. She wrote a schedule out for them and then she sent it to me and she is leaving the house. They're going on their 15 minute walk just like they would to school and then they're coming back. And so, you know, maybe that's even for people listening who aren't in, she's in New York City, but maybe it's getting in the car and driving for a minute, you know, with safe people or doing things that, you know, get you out of the house. I think it's really important to go on a walk. And if you can be in nature, I think this is the prime time and just, you know, be mindful and six feet away from each other. Yeah. Use your brain. But like, I think that's very, very useful. And then also she wrote out this, this note, I think, which was great, which is like, if you are bored, here are things you can do. FaceTime a friend, do this, do that for her yeah. kids. And I think we can do that for ourselves, like with our anxiety management tools, because yes. you know, 
one of our biggest coping mechanisms is going out and being with other people or just going to get, we take these things for granted, this public togetherness I've really taken for granted of how I can just go to a coffee shop and be amongst the people. Mm -hmm. I can just get out of my own head when I'm scared. Because for me, my anxiety feels very scary. It feels a lot like overwhelm. It feels a lot like... Oh, it's a lot of this, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of, oh my God, oh yeah. my God, oh my God, oh my God. And that in public is better because it, I would, I've said this in past episodes, like New York City was a big coping mechanism for me of like, sometimes when I was feeling so anxious in my little room, I would just go plug into the city and I would just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and get a coffee or get a treat or call a friend or listen to a podcast. And that was so comforting for me. So maybe if you're listening to this right now and you're inside, like take us outside and go on a walk or a hike, or even if it's cold. And that I think was something that was also really drawing for me about LA. It's like, it's been so cold and rainy here and I only have tropical clothing with me. (laughs) So I didn't have any of my stuff. And I I was so afraid to ask my best friend who has all of my stuff in her place in New York to ship it because I didn't want to put her at risk for her to get sick. And so I've just been like, I went outside one day and I had my phone and it got so wet that it stopped working for a moment. And I was like, oh my God, my worst, this is it. This is my personal <laughs> hell. Like I would, ra- I think I would rather die because I was like, I would rather die than being quarantined with no lifeline and no phone and like none of my stuff. Oh if the God. Apple store closes and I can't get this fixed, like I really went there because my, my anxiety, I, I tend to be a disaster planner. Like I tend yeah. to go there in my mind very easily of like, oh my God, like with dating, like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone forever. And like, it's going to be horrible. Instead, it's like, no, I'll like probably meet someone and it'll be fine. And it's kind of the same thing with this. It's like, oh my God, I could run out of money and I could have to, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, no, yeah. I'll probably figure it out and it'll be fine. It's just like not letting your mind go there when you're with other people is a lot easier because you're reminded of like, oh, there are smart people. The world is existing outside of my own bubble and spirals in my mind. And that's why podcasts can be so useful. Like when I was in Bali, I, I kind of was quarantined as well. And I just, just cause I didn't know anyone and I was really far away and everyone I did know was sleeping all day. And so <laughs> I used podcasts. Like I really listened to a lot of smart people, funny people talking about things that like when I was feeling homesick or lonely or sad, I could get out of my head by thinking of those people. And then also when you're feeling helpless, help someone. It's a quote by yes. Asung Suchi that I think about all the time. So if you are feeling really low and sad and scared, reach out to someone else who might also be feeling low and sad and scared. And, and there's probably a lot of us right now. Everyone. You were talking about things that we can do to be helpful right now. And then we slowly pivoted the conversation and Mm -hmm. now we're back there, which is great because I wanted to mention that some people have sent me some really wonderful things that they've been doing over the past, you know, few weeks and being able to donate money if you have the resources is so wonderful. But there are also so many things that you can do if you don't. There was a friend of mine sent me we were just chatting and like, she's been writing letters to like all of the seniors in the local community center. So that they like have something to read because she was like, a lot of them don't have family that are able to visit them. And like, she was like, I, you know, know some of them from popping in from time to time. But like the fact that just doing something as simple as writing a note to check in on people is so huge. Just like calling, but I feel for like that generation really does appreciate a handwritten note. (laughs) And for example, Phoebe Lapine, excellent human all around was cooking meals that, you know, were then dropped off to people in quarantine in New York. 
if you are able to volunteer in any way, shape or form, there is likely an organization in your neighborhood where you can donate your time or services virtually, obviously not in person. I had somebody reach out to me telling me that if any small businesses or friends needed help with PR. She was like specialized in crisis management and would would be willing to help them with messaging for free. Like, I think I might start crying. I just feel like this is a lot for us all to be doing. And like, there is like, there are really good people in the world and it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. And I think especially this past week, seeing people be (laughs) fucking assholes and like, taking shots in crowded bars and just being irresponsible and ridiculous. There are also a lot of people doing really wonderful things. So take comfort in that. There are a lot of people doing good things and we can also all be those people that are doing good things and being safe and being smart and being nice. I mean, for fuck's sake, if there were ever a time to be nice, it's now. Like I just... I don't understand why anyone would feel the need to be being harsh and communicating points so that everybody behaves in a way that is safe. I completely understand. But like being an asshole for no reason right now, which I still see people doing is just, and not even in relation to Corona, just in general, it's like, why can't you just be nice? Like Mm -hmm. this is a time to support each other. This is a time to love harder on each other. And that's what I want to do with you and with my friends and with my family and for everybody listening. Also, if you need us, you can send us an email. You can also DM either of us on Instagram, but we have an account spiralingcommunity at gmail.com that we check every day. And if you need support, we are more than happy. We would love to be useful to you at this time. Yeah, we would if depending on how many questions we get about this, we could do an entire Q&A yeah. for this and just try to offer what we can or make people feel less alone and I would love to do that. That would make me feel useful because if I can feel useful, that will help me and I'm I'm struggling right now. Like I I was just crying when you were crying and I right now I'm okay, but like I'll probably be crying again later and like roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not doing so hot. I'm doing my best, but it's it's hard. It's really hard. And I think, you know, some people that week between Christmas and New Year's when everything's kind of shut down and it's kind of quiet and restful, like I don't really love the holidays. I I never have. I don't feel rest. I'm not I'm terrible at resting. Like I'm terrible at like collective rest days. And Serena, we've kind of talked about this before too cuz like you love you love the holidays, but like you love routine so much that you thrive when you can do the things on your routine. And I think this is really confronting for people who it's a bit eerie. It's a bit eerie to to be in this in-between and not know how long we're going to be here. At least there's this collective like joy attached to that one when it's like yeah. that, when everything's <laughs> closed. Where this one, everything's closed and there's like heaviness around it, not joy. And I think yes. that this is just incredibly complex. It's incredibly heavy. And I I just want, I think we should wrap with high, higher, highest, because I think that's useful and I think we can do it. But I just want to say one thing, and we've really packed a lot into this episode as we're, we were speaking, I was thinking, you know, wow, we could have really like made this this a a three episode (laughs) thing. I'm glad we didn't because I'm happy that I don't even know how long we've been going, but I'm happy that we're getting it in. And I, I think it's good to have it all in one place. But 
because it's really of the moment and who knows what's going to change. We're recording this March 16th, March 17th. That's, it's the 17th. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's a, who knows? It's an apocalypse. But anyway, my, my point was that I just want to say one thing about food and body image. And Serena, yes. from an eating disorder, eating, a person with a, quite the history with food and body image, from my perspective, I am not an expert on this. I am not a dietitian. I'm not an eating disorder specialist, but I am a person who has experienced the ups and downs and highs and lows of this again and again and again. And I'll say this, this is a very confronting time for people in recovery and re sober recovery from drugs or alcohol and in recovery from dieting or a tricky relationship with food, especially. And I want to just acknowledge that and ha make sure that people know that and maybe pick up a few more resources and support in that time virtually. So a mentor of mine, Isabel Fox and Duke is someone to you know read her work and see what she's saying about this, see what Christy Harrison is saying about this and make sure, like Serena said, eating is so important to our anxiety. And it's the first thing that we want to restrict or control when times are uncertain. We want to go back to something that's comforting. And a lot of that is old patterns, maybe even old relationships that don't serve us. I'm really finding that's happening for me. I'm wanting to go back into my eating disorder and having to have one side of my brain stop the other side of my brain and say, no, 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 do the, do the right thing. And sometimes the thing that's right isn't always the thing that's popular, you know, like dieting in our culture is so popular. And I'm seeing really problematic posts being like, keep your diet up while in quarantine oh God, or no. these sorts of things that are so horrific to people in eating disorder recovery that I just really encourage people to put blinders onto that and do the thing that's right for you and your body. And that is resting and that is maybe not moving as much and maybe feeling your feelings more and eating more and eating enough and just allowing and just allowing this time is going to be weird, but we're going to get through it together and we'll figure it out and it'll all balance out. And I think it's going to be okay, but we're in it right now and it's eerie yeah. and we're in process. And I think all we can do is, is come together and try our best and be really fucking gentle with each other and ourselves. Beautifully said. And also, <laughs> just adding on points. Also, to anyone who is beating themselves up a little bit about backsliding in their progress with anxiety management, stop. <laughs> like, you are okay. And I think a lot of us are experiencing heightened anxiety no matter how well we quote unquote have it managed on a regular basis and just know that you are not alone you are not you know falling down on the anxiety management job this is just a really tough time and i hate the concept of anybody feeling like they are not doing a good enough job at managing their anxiety, so to speak. Because yeah. like Katie just said, we're all just doing our best and we have to be really gentle and forgiving and just loving towards others, but also most importantly towards ourselves right now. Mental health is so, so crucial and it is going to be tested in so many ways in you know the coming weeks and we're just doing our best yeah we really are 
Okay, let's high, higher, highest. Let's, let's turn it do up. it. Let's turn <laughs> it up. Okay. <laughs> um, who who goes first? I will go first. Great. I think I, I was like hoping it. you'd say that. Okay. Also, it's Serena's birthday, Princess Week. Oh my God! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it is my birthday, Princess Week, but uh, like we were talking about earlier, that doesn't it doesn't really feel relevant right now. But I am going to celebrate on Sunday with Logan because I think that leaning into joy in in every single way that we can, small and large, is what we should all be striving for right now. So I'm gonna drink a lot of champagne and have, I think that's so important. I think that I think celebration and, and public celebration and togetherness is so important. And I think we're really seeing that this time because we have the lack of it for the first time in our lifetimes. And yeah. It's just really important. And I I think it would I think it would be a disservice to you and to everyone to not celebrate. I think if I saw you not celebrating, that would scare me more. <laughs> and that would make me feel Thank like God. I couldn't celebrate my 30th birthday that's coming up. Or that I couldn't yes, celebrate with my wedding, you know, or whatever. Can. Yes. Um, oh, and not to go into that too, but like so many people have had to cancel weddings, honeymoons, anniversaries, all these things. You are also allowed to be devastated by that. Yes, there are people who are quote unquote worse off that of course there are, but you are still entitled to your disappointment. So have a good cry and have know that that celebration is, is coming for you in a huge yes. way. One more up. point on, on that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just Sorry, what this episode is. One of my really great friends, Sasha, she said to me, I had this really sad heartbreak like with a work thing when I was away and I was like you know but in the scheme of things with in the world like it's no big deal blah 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 but I was really sad guys like it was like something I was like really counting on and like it just or I was just really excited about and it didn't happen and it almost happened and she said to me you know what you're allowed to be sad about this even a paper cut hurts you know and I I just have always kept that in my mind of like yeah paper cuts are no big deal and you know they're gonna be fine but they fucking hurt yeah, <laughs> they really do. Oh God. Uh, okay. Okay. Higher high high, high for high. real. My high is that this whole situation has given me an excuse to be in my happy place, which is Maine, at a time that I am never here. I've never been here in March before. It is very cold, <laughs> but it is very beautiful, and I feel just like so insanely grateful and lucky to like wake up and be able to look out and see the ocean. It is like the ultimate calming fantasy. And like, it's been just so helpful and like wonderful to be here. So that is my high. My higher (laughs) is that, I don't know, first of all, there are some not funny memes on the internet right now, but some people are really crushing it. And Logan and I saw a meme this weekend and like, we've just keep like randomly bursting out laughing over it. Like every few hours. And it just said in black, you know, type on a white screen. It was like, should somebody tell the Amish what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that's so good. It's brought me some joy 
every day for the past four days now. So whoever came up with that, thank you. Um, we never said that high, higher, highest had to be profound. And my highest is just, honestly, this is so cheesy, but like my highest is just Logan. I'm so extra grateful for him this week. I'm so happy that we are in this together. We also made Rubirosa pizza on Sunday on like flatbread in the oven. That made me cry to see that. It post. was <laughs> it was not as good as real Rubirosa. Not even going to pretend, but to have that you know tradition and sense of normalcy on Sunday night was wonderful. So that was my highest. I looked at that photo and I was like, how did she do the spiral? And she did it. Uh, like, I was so, I, I, it took me a while to figure that out. I just put the pesto in the plastic bag and cut the tip off, but uh, it felt very fancy. Yeah. I, I was just, I saw it and instead of being like happy for you guys, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> what is the world come to? And I just like burst into tears. I was like, no, it's really sweet. Oh, it's nice. They're just cooking. Like, it's fine. <laughs> what are your high higher highest hit me with them we need oh, them oh god all right i picked a if people follow me on instagram the content that i i give the world is today in fruit <laughs> which is a moment is of my day content. where i eat fruit and enjoy it and it's beautiful and i went through a very long period of my life where i did not allow myself to eat fruit so i'm grateful for it now more than maybe I once what would have been. And outside the window of the place where I'm staying is a beautiful orange tree. And I went outside in the backyard right before this and peeled myself an orange. So that's pretty damn high. What else? The sun came out in LA today, which is a very welcome change. And a friend of mine gave me a coat that I can borrow, which was very useful and lovely. And then highest is really, truly, honestly, I've said it my my Logan is everyone. Like everyone in my life right now is caring about me, checking on me. I'm feeling very loved. And I think I've had m- many, 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 and I'm crying high. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had many moments this week where I've just felt like dreadfully alone and scared and kind of like I'm going to get swooped up in this because, you know, I said to a friend of mine, if I were to get quarantined, I was like, I would rather die. Like that is literally my hell. That is my personal hell. I've been watching The Good Place and I was like, that is my bad place. Like that is how someone would torture me. And then I sat with that and I looked at this as a big fat reframe of, oh, this is me being able to integrate. And this is me being able to take everything I've learned over my cocoon year and everything I've learned from traveling and crystallize it. Like apparently the butterfly or the caterpillar liquefies before they become a butterfly. And I feel like this is my, if that was my cocoon year, this is my liquefication where I can actually grow. And I'm actually feeling so much gratitude right now. And I'm feeling so excited and actually okay, which is shocking to me. But I feel like so much good creatively for me is going to come out of this. And that wouldn't be possible if I felt so low and sad and depressed, which is where I have a tendency to go. And I'm being like, I'm standing on the shoulders of the people in my life that are checking on me. So please don't stop. And thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love you so much. That was also beautiful use of the butterfly metaphor. I love every second of it. I'm really taking it. I can't <laughs> wait till we get to the year of the actual like getting to fly butterfly year. Maybe How that's 2021. That yeah, I'm not sure. 2020 is over. It's canceled. <laughs> I'm thinking tw- maybe 2022 is my year because 22 is my Yeah, yeah. I like that. Maybe I'll get married on 222. My friend who is a wedding officiant marked it in her calendar just in case. (laughs) Oh, smart. Save that date. I'll put it in my calendar too. Okay, great. I mean, this quarantine is really holding us back even longer, but you know, we'll see. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) All Uh, right. Okay. We love you guys. We got a disclaim as per usual. Are we doctors, Katie? (laughs) We surely are not doctors. Nowhere near. We are not doctors or mental health professionals of any kind. We're, We're just, just two friends who yes. talk about mental health and want to make people feel less alone. Yes. So if you are spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy. And we love you. And you do not need to apologize for your mental health. That's right. And That's we love your you. line. <laughs> and we love you. We'll talk bye. to you soon. Yes. Email us. Email us. Okay, bye. Bye.